bring a message to you entitled, Keys to Finishing Strong. Keys to Finishing Strong. We have taken a stand in this church. If you've been in the house at any length of time, you have understood and known and heard that we have determined that we're going to have a strong finish this year. We're not going from uh, strength to weakness. We're going from strength to strength. This is a house of strength. Say house of strength. We're going from one degree of glory to a greater degree of glory. We're going from joy to joy. We're going from one degree of victory to another level of victory. A higher place in God. I hear the Spirit of God say, come up hither. Come up here. God is bringing us up. Have, I, have we arrived yet? Oh no, you're never going to arrive because He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you can dare ask or think. Infinitely above your highest prayer, your hope or dream. Your best shot in God. Hallelujah. He's able to do infinitely above that. But how many of you hear the Spirit of God saying, Come up here. I've got something for you. We're going to finish this year strong and we're going to boomerang right into 2014 in strength. Somebody shout Amen. Hallelujah. God's will for you is to finish and to finish strong. Let me just share a couple of scriptures with you. First of all, some of the keys about finishing strong is that we've got to look to Jesus. John chapter 4 and verse 34 in the Amplified Bible. Jesus said, my food, my nourishment is to do the will, the pleasure of him who sent me and to accomplish and completely finish his work. God did not send Jesus into the world to go halfway and then quit. And he certainly didn't send you into 2013 to Heart of the Bay Christian Center. He didn't position us and station us in the strategic place in the Bay Area to go halfway and then peter out. But he commissioned us to finish our race. Somebody say amen. Amen. We're going to finish and accomplish completely His work, hallelujah. Jesus is a finisher. Look at John 19, verse 30. We're going to follow Jesus' example. Not a bad idea. When Jesus had received the sour wine, He said, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, John 19, 30. What did He say? He said, it is finished. And He bowed His head and gave up His spirit. What appeared like imminent defeat To many of those that were following Jesus, they thought this is eminent defeat. But no, it was actually ultimate victory because on the third day he rose and he showed, praise God, that he was victor. He was the finisher. Somebody say glory to God. Jesus, you see, completes what he starts. And I just want to share a couple of scriptures with you today to encourage you as you finish out your year Philippians 1 verse 6 in the Amplified Bible, I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. Jesus is not a quitter. Don't you be a quitter. Look what it says in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 2 in the King, New King James Version. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us uh, run with endurance 
uh, King James says, patience, the race that is set before us. Everybody say, looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Friends, key number one, if you're going to finish strong, if you're going to finish anything with joy, if you're going to be in the winner's circle, you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Somebody say, keep your eyes on Jesus. We've got to, in the Amplified Bible, it says, look away from all that will distract. He is your source of strength. If we could say that we could do anything at all, it's because we say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How is it that we're going to navigate this season of life? How are we as, how am I going to be a good dad to this teenager? I can do all things through Christ. How am I going to be a good husband? It's going to be because I can do all things through Christ. How is it that I can be a good teacher? I can do all things through Christ. How am I going to be a good businessman? It's because I can do all things through Christ. How is it that I'm going to take care of my dad or my mom who is, uh, who is needing my help and take care of my own life and juggle all these things at the same time. How many people's plate is full besides me? I didn't see every hand go up. Meet me after service. I'm going to dump a few things on you. How are we going to get this all done? Somebody say, I can do all things through Christ. Looking to Christ. He is your source. He is the finisher. He's the strength. Look what it says here. He, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking away from all that would distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief, and also its finisher, and bringing it to maturity and perfection. I think it could be staggering when there's a real tall goal in your life. How am I going to get through law school? How am I going to take the bar again? Somebody listening to this is going to get encouraged. How am I going to do that? You're going to do it through Christ. That's how you're going to do it. Glory to God, to those realtors out there. How am I going to sell this house? You're going to do it through crimes. That's how you're going to do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, it's God's will for you to finish. So it's good to start, but everybody, well, not everybody starts. It's good. Let me put it this way. It's good to start, but you got to finish. I said you got to finish. And Jesus is there. He's the original finisher. He's going to help you finish what you started. Here's a word for some of you. There are some things that you started. It's time to pick them back up. Hallelujah. You'll find an anointing after today's service. You'll find an anointing to pick it up again. We'll get into that a little bit later. How many of you having a good time so far? Glory to God. It's God's will for you to be strong. Pastor Tom, how do I know? Not only finish, it's not good enough just to finish and end up on fumes. But enter into the finish line with your chest out and be strong. Finish your course with joy. Finish whatever it is that you have to do with strength. Plenty of strength. Hallelujah. How can that be with a kind of demand of modern life? It'll be through Christ who strengthens you. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren, peace be weak in the Lord. No, come on. I thought I'd get a better response from that. Come on, Bible class. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Look what it says in Ephesians 3.16. Does God want you strong? I wonder that he would grant 
you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. He didn't say that you would be granted by His Spirit to be weakened in the inner man. He said that you would be strengthened. So strength is a part of God. Let me read this to you in Isaiah 40 for those of you that have, that have been dealing. And I know you have or God wouldn't put this on our heart. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31, you've, the familiar verse of Scripture, Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint or grow weary? Or how about say, he doesn't know what it means to be weak, for there is no searching of his understanding. What does he do in verse 29? He gives what? Power to the faint and the weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. You have no idea, Pastor Tom, what kind of week I've had. You have no idea what kind of year that I've had. This has been the toughest year of my life. Well, I tell you what. God is offering you the opportunity to suddenly turn it around and walk out of this place and finish this year strong. Somebody shout glory to God. To him who has no might, you've done the best that you could. You gave it your best shot, but you're relying on him and you're looking to Jesus. At that point in time, something kicks in. He increases your strength and causes it to multiply, making it to abound. Is that possible? I said, is that possible? You know it is. You know it is. Glory to God. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and selected. I like that in the Amplified. Selected young men shall feebly stumble and fall exhausted. Don't you tell me that you're tired because you're so old. And don't you tell me that a young person is so strong just because they're young. Because the kind of strength that we're talking about does not come from the arm of the flesh. And it doesn't come from having worked out at the gym. It comes from the spirit of God. The spirit of strength and the spirit of might. And he's on the inside of you. And he wants to, he wants to, this is it. He wants to infuse you with strength today. He wants to infuse you in strength this first day of December. He wants to infuse you as you, you know, the year's not over with. Somebody said, thank God. I mean, I, I haven't seen something yet. Or some people saying, please be over. I've had the worst year. No, wait a minute. It's not over yet. God's got something good for you in December. You set some goals last year. Don't you give up on that. Oh, I can't wait to really get into the message. <clears throat> the youths are going to faint and be weary. Selected young men. You know, the kind that are out on the football field. You watch the Cowboys beat up on that. Never mind. I'm sorry. I, didn't. I did not say that. I did not say that. <clears throat> Somebody said hallelujah to watch the Dallas Cowboys do what they did to our boys. Uh-huh. Anyway, select young men just like this in buff. It says they, they will stumble and fall, but what is and fall exhausted. But it says in verse 31, those who wait for the Lord and expect and look for and hope in him. Let the word touch you today. Will you let the word of the Lord touch you today? Let hear his voice. Don't look at me. Look at him. Sense his voice speaking to you. Say, I have come today to strengthen you. Will you receive it? It says those that hope in him, they shall change or exchange and renew their strength and power. They will lift up their wings and mount up close to God. 
as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. Friend, the secret to finishing strong and to be strong and to finish at all is not to just keep throwing yourself at the problem, keep throwing yourself at the project. The secret is to mount up close to God. Let's mount up close to Him. Amen. And it says, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. I wish I had more time, but we're going to move right ahead into my message. That was the introduction. I hope that was okay. Today we're going to look at three mighty men in the Bible with something to say about finishing strong. We're going to take a text of 2 Samuel chapter 23. And if you turn there, you can just keep it there because we're going to be kind of referring that over the next few moments. Glory to God. The first gentleman we're going to look at is a gentleman by the name of Adino the Esnite. Now, I know that doesn't sound very popular. It sounds kind of, it's even awkward to say, Adino, yeah. It's awkward to say. <clears throat> but there's something about Adino the Esnite that we need to hear about today. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The Tachmanite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, the same was Adino the Esnite. He lift up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. Now stay with me on this. The text here, that's all you have. That's all we've got about Adino the Esnite. Say that with me. Adino the Esnite. Well, y'all had your coffee today. <clears throat> Listen, this, this is all we know about it. This text doesn't give much more detail about the battle or nothing or about the guy, but the fact that there was one man that was able to finish something off and there was something about him that we're going to look, about, look here. He was able to do what, Pastor Tom? He had this ability and made the decision to be unaffected by odds. Unaffected by the odds. That may seem like, like nothing to you at the moment, but wait, hang on for just a moment. One man would be willing to face and defeat 800 warriors, the Philistines. That is absolutely uncanny. I mean, think about how long it would take to drop 800 choice Philistine warriors. He was fearless. We're called not to have fear. You want to finish strong? Resist fear. He was a fighter. We've got to fight not each other. We've got to fight the good fight of faith. He earned the name Adino the Esnite. Adino means slender and Esnite sharp or strong. Now here's a little bit of history. Some say that these two words refer to his spear or his sword, meaning that it was slender and sharp and strong. Other Others believe that it referred to himself, Joshub himself. In other words, he wasn't a big man, but he was strong. And it reminds us of the saying today that it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. The key here is to refuse. This is key number two. First was let's, we're going to look to Jesus. Is that right? Number two is, we're going to refuse to let odds intimidate us. We have got to be impervious to odds. 
Impervious, Pastor Tom, what does that mean? Not impervious, not allowing entrance or passage to be impenetrable. Don't let it come into your mind when the news reports, when the statisticians come up and they start talking about how the economy, this or that, or the doctor's report comes in. You cannot allow that to penetrate your stand of faith. Not capable, how about this about impervious, not capable of being affected or disturbed. In other words, what you started, you're going to continue doing regardless what noise and static is going on around you. You're not going to be deterred. You're going to keep the focus on it. You're not capable of being affected or disturbed. Disturbed by what? By the odds. What are the odds? The conditions that make it difficult for something to happen. You know, they always, you do the matchup, you know, David and Goliath. Well, what are the odds that this little kid against this warrior like this? What are the odds of that? What are the odds of you getting a job when there's 200 people applying? There's 200 positions and there's 10,000 people applying for it. What are the odds that you're going to get that job? Are you going to be moved by what the odds are? Come on, somebody, you have to be impervious if you want to finish strong and you want to take what God has for you and for your generation. You have to be impervious to the odds. Hallelujah. This one man teaches us that lesson. He earned actually the top. This is not insignificant. It says that he sat in the chief seat, which means this was the highest seat of all the mighty men. This was the strongest, the guy that would not look or listen to the odds. You've got to understand that, that uh, uh, we, you've got to shut out the TV commentators. You can't, you know, if, you're, if your bank account is talking to you, you better talk to it. And you better tell it. If you got, if you got uh, uh, symptoms in your body, you turn around and you answer to it. And you tell it what's going to happen. You declare the end from the beginning. Somebody shout amen. amen. Let's look at the next key. Praise the Lord. Let's look at key number three. Everybody say, get a grip. Get a grip. This is not, if you're going to finish strong, you can't. Throw your hands in the air and go, ah, at everything that's hitting you and coming your way. Get a grip. Be the one to hold on to what God has given. You hold on to that. We're going to look at uh, our text, 2 Samuel chapter 23. Look at verses 9 and 10. Today, or right now, we're going to be looking at Eleazar, the son of Dodo. <laughs> I know these names are real winners, but believe me, they were winners. <laughs> Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the man with the solid grip. After him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Aohite, one of three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day and the people returned after him only to spoil. Now we're going to say something very interesting. We're going to pick up the very last sentence there. I don't know why this is, but there are a lot of people that they flee and they go away. (laughs) And sometimes you have to be the one that's going to stay swinging the sword. You know what happened with the other guy? The people fled. You're going to find this theme throughout. Welcome to the club. 
Be one of the ones that stands and holds your ground. If you're going to finish strong. I'm convinced that Camp Heart of the Bay, we're like the Marines. Hallelujah. We're not going to let go of what God has given. Is that right? Look at what it said here in the NIV in Second uh, Samuel 23. They say that when the Israelites retreated, you cannot, you know, I really like moral support. How many of you like moral support? I love it when there's a crowd with me. Yay! 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 But there's a time when you have to crawl under the house yourself. There's a time you have to clean things out and, it's, and you're all by yourself. Jesus went to Gethsemane all by himself. He went to pray and he, it would have, sure would have been nice to have some friends praying and help me out a little bit over here. Can you, can you pray? Can you help me out a little bit? You can't be afraid when everybody else falls out to still be standing. I'm telling you, you are going to finish strong. Amen. Everybody else gave up on Junior, but don't you give up on Junior. Says they all they all retreated, but it was at that time when Eliezer stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired. And then, after he had expended whatever he knew how to do, this is a key, friends, to finishing strong. Do what you know to do, and after you have expended what you know how to do, all of a sudden the anointing of God gets in your hand, gets in your voice, gets in your feet, gets in your mind. It got in his hand and it says that his hand clave to the sword. So it was, see, God's hand is in your hand. Somebody say, God's hand is in my hand. He is. You know, the NIV says that his hand froze to the sword. In the New King James, it says that his hand stuck to the sword. Seemed like more like the sword stuck to his hand. Hallelujah. And Message Bible says he never let go of his sword. Any way you want to slice it, We as people of God have got to believe that when the chips are down, you've got to trust God that there will be an anointing on you to be able to deal with whatever he's put in your play, in your, in your road to deal with. If it's sickness and disease, if it's a challenge with a family member, if it's a coworker, if it's an emergency. How many of you had emergencies recently? I know that there have been some medical emergencies. God, will help you as you expend all that you know to do. Suddenly the grace of God will come on you. And whatever you need will be there in your hand and you'll have strength to do it. I want to share with you, and I'm glad I had time, just a few minutes to share a little revelation that God helped us with this year. We were praying, and I'll... <clears throat> Pastor Kimberly's here this in our little time of prayer. We were facing a situation uh, with family members taking care of you know parents and different things that seemed overwhelming. Anybody been overwhelmed besides us? you know uh, just just checking if I'm in the right place. <clears throat> and uh, it was so bad it was it was so pressing the the responsibility and the 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 the, the, the kind of pressure try to i mean you know, pressure will try to get on you and uh so what we did is we took some time to pray that's a good thing to do we took time to pray and then this is what the lord led us to and you know i believe that that this is good wisdom for some of us to help us to finish strong and to move into 2014 We waited on the Lord. You should wait on the Lord. 
But this is what, this is what the Lord kind of shared with us. He gave me a picture. Sometimes the Holy Ghost will talk in pictures, you know. He gave me a picture of us moving furniture. Have you ever moved furniture before? Sometimes, friends, furniture isn't necessarily that it's so heavy. It's that it's bulky. All right? It's awkward. All right? See, and when you begin to move it, sometimes it feels uncomfortable like, like you're going to drop it or something. Some, either you're hurting or it feels like it's slipping. And what do you say with your partner who's helping to move whatever it is that you're moving? You can say, wait, 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 wait. And, and then what do you do? You, you set it down. Catch this. I told her, honey, this is what the Holy Ghost said. And I, th- I believe the Holy Ghost is saying this to some of you. There is something ahead of you that is so heavy and, or so bulky that you've been trying and it feels like it's going to fall. If you don't stop and set it down for a minute, it'll break or you'll hurt yourself. Just like furniture. But you see, by faith, we set it down, waited on God, and waited for Him to show us how to pick it up again. How do I pick this up? Because you are not going to move that situation in your life in your own strength. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The spirit of strength is on the inside of me. So we set it down, not with an intention, intention of abandoning the project, but with an intention of getting a better grip. And as God is my witness... In our case, we set it down and said, we're going to pray right now and give it to God. I love how our pastors teach us about not worrying. Be anxious for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God and be the one that comes back to praise Him, by the way. Thank Him. The peace of God will mount guard over your hearts and minds and keep you and help you. So we went to sleep on it. We just, that massive project, we just took it and we said, okay, 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 easy, 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 easy. There you go, set it down. We went to sleep. When we woke up in the morning, the Spirit of God was right there showing us how to pick it up. And I'm happy to say that we were able to pick it up and it was easy. It was easy to pick it up. We knew exactly what to do and we haven't let go. I said we have not let go. Here's the take home. Does that help anybody besides me? You've got to pray to God to help you to get a grip. It is never in good fashion for a Christian that is spirit led and full of the word of God to panic and to just drop things. It's never in good taste. It's always in good taste for a Christian to put their hand on the plow. God ordained you are anointed to do this. And you take that and you hang on to it. And as long as God says, hold it, you hold it. Turn to your neighbor and say, hold it. <clears throat> he'll, he'll put his strength in your hand to hold it. Hallelujah. Does that help anybody today? Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15. In the Message Bible, Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number... Th- I'm feeling I'm blessed today. How many of you getting blessed so far? 
So friends, take a firm stand, feet on the ground and head high. Keep a tight grip on what you were taught, whether in personal conversation or by our letter. May Jesus himself and God of our Father who reached out in love and surprised you with gifts of unending help and confidence put a fresh heart in you and invigorate your work and enliven your speech. How many of you know that that sounds like taking a tight grip on what God has given? Hallelujah. I'll just go through these. You don't have to turn there. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 12 in the New King James says this. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We have been confessing that our debts are being reduced and eliminated. Is that not right? We've been confessing that uh, we are, uh, that God is our source and that He's bringing to us super chunk whopper seed. Is that right? We've been confessing and agreeing together that, that, uh, that there's a, a, a great and a mighty harvest coming our way. We're harvesters, friend. Here it says, fight the good fight of faith. Hebrews 10, 13 in the King James Version says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promise. God wants you to get a grip. Turn to your neighbor and say, Don't lose it. Get a grip. Get a grip. If you're a father, get a grip about those kids. Get the wisdom of God. If you're a manager and having difficulty with employees that are under you. Get a grip, friends. Pray. Get, God will give you a strategy. And you cover those employees with prayer and the love of God and wisdom. Amen. 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 If you're working on your marriage, thank God for our marriages. Get a grip on some scriptures. Get a grip on the love of God on the inside of you. Praise God. God's going to help you. Hallelujah. Let's move on to the third. Actually, it's the fourth key. <laughs> what was our first key? Looking unto Jesus. Why? Because you can't, do, you can't do anything without Jesus, right? The second key was refuse to let the odds intimidate you. Is that right? Number three, the third key was to get a grip. How many of that blessed you so far? This is our last key. You've been really good today. God bless you for listening. Hallelujah. Appreciate it. We're almost done today. Our last key is to stand up and protect your harvest. Be the one that stands up to defend the harvest. Second Samuel chapter 23, verse 11 and 12. After him was Shammah, the son of Aji, the Herorite. The Philistines had gathered together unto a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. I like to call it beans. <clears throat> Pintos. So the people fled from the Philistines. So there you have it again. What happened? Everybody fled. There you go again. You can't always, you can all, not always be led by what's popular. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Friends, there will always get used to it as long as you're alive and breathing on planet Earth. There will always be opposition of one kind or another. The Philistines will always be gathered there to oppose the work of God. And get used to it. The people will flee. 
Family will flee. Sometimes friends will flee. I would be careful how I say this, but the world is full of people that don't believe the way you do. They don't, they're not persuaded the way you are persuaded. So that's all right. Just you be persuaded. You get, you, if, if nobody else knows what they're doing, you better know what you're doing. You better know that you've got the courage of God on the inside and can stand. Look at this. Where were we? <laughs> Shammah stationed himself in the midst of the field and defended it. This is interesting. We cannot and we refuse to let the devil steal our harvest. You have spent years and years investing in those kids. We have invested decades into the Bay Area. Decades preaching the word of God. We have invested in the families. We've invested in each other. We've encouraged ministers and ministries. Dozens and dozens of ministries all around the world. Encouraged, birthed through this ministry. You've done a lot of work. That means you've sown a lot of seed. And there is no way that I'm going to let the harvest on that seed just dribble out. I've, in, I've spent too much time and energy into our kids to watch them go out and serve the devil. And even if it doesn't look like what they're doing right now is quite what they, where they should be, I'm not about to give up. Somebody got happy back there. You got to get encouraged. The devil is out to steal your harvest. Well, let me tell you something about possession. It's not his harvest. It's your harvest. And if the truth be told, it's our harvest. And if the real truth be told, it's his harvest. That unsaved mom or dad or grandpa or friend or neighbor, there is no way that we are going to allow the devil to steal our harvest. No way. We've sown into this community. We've given, we've loved, we've served. And some people have received the Lord, but Christ has not been formed in them. Because they haven't been doing what's necessary to sit under the word. What do you do? You just give up on them? No. We do what the Apostle Paul did. He said, I pray. I travail again. Come on, somebody. Until Christ be formed in you. We're going to finish this. It's not good enough just to bring kids into the world. It's not good enough just to bring people into the kingdom of God. We're going to believe God that they would mature and be strong in the Lord and fulfill the plan of God in their life and be a light in their generation. Dear God, we need young men and women that stand up for Christ today. We need the Daniels of this age that refuse to eat the king's dainties and meats and drink what the world drinks from the cup of this world. We need people on fire for God that say, no, I'll not have that. He says, I would, I would much rather have that which is holy. And they're pure and they're powerful in our generation. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we've got them. We've got several of them. Praise God. But like I was telling you, you've got to be like Shama. You can't. There's no way. You can let the devil onto your patch and take your beings. Somebody say, no way. 
So he stood in the midst of the patch. So listen, everything that we've talked about this morning, it doesn't happen by accident. You don't finish strong by accident. You don't hang on to your harvest and protect and defend it by accident. And it doesn't come automatically. It takes a decision. It takes a man or a woman of God that will rise up and do something in God knowing that the task is bigger than you are. And yet knowing that the great God on the inside of somebody say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He'll be there. I said, he'll be there. And, and in every instance that we saw, in every instance that we saw, God always wrought a mighty victory. You're in the winner's circle when you stand up. And this is not incognito. He stood up in the middle. Come on, bring it on. You've got to know whose you are. Hallelujah. I just love churches like Heart of the Bay Christian Center that teach you it's not in your own strength. It's in His strength. It's not who you are. It's whose you are. It's who you are in Him. Aren't you glad you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? Aren't you glad that no weapon formed against you shall prosper? Aren't you glad that your righteousness is of Him? Glory to God. We're winding down here. Praise the Lord. I am persuaded of Heart of the Bay Christian Center that we're not going to sit around on the sidelines, shake our head in despair and disgust as the enemy steals souls that we've spent years sowing seed into. We're not going to just sit by. I'm not going to sit by and just shake my head, curse the darkness and be in despair. But I know, I don't know about you, but I'm taking a stand with our pastors and with my friends, my faith friends here at the church to shine the light Claim the harvest that God has given us. That includes our sons, our daughters, our neighbors, our kinsmen, the weak and the wounded souls along life's highway. Come on, tell them with me, friends. Tell the devil he can't have your harvest, somebody. Tell him, you can't have my marriage. You can't have my nation. You can't have my kids. You can't have my bank account. You can't have my job. You can't have my harvest. Be the one to stand up and stand in the gap. I sought for a man. Among them, Ezekiel 22, we're coming to a close. Somebody said amen. Yeah. <laughs> Watch it, Don. That was too bad. <laughs> Love you, Don. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. And I found none. Friends, I think God's found some right here. Come on, lift up your hand and say, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. Right here, right here, right here. Hallelujah. That's me, Lord. Message Bible, I looked for someone to stand up for me against all this, to repair the defenses of the city, to take a stand for me and stand in the gap to protect this land. I want you to know something. I am so proud of Heart of the Bay Christian Center. I love you. I am so so thankful to be a part of this church. I'm so thankful to be a part of this household of faith. We're not a household of fear. We're not a household of doubt. We're not a household of, you know, fun and games. Although we can play, have fun and can uh, play games. We're the household of faith. 
And I have seen lives turned around. In closing, by the grace of Almighty God, we're going to finish this year strong in every area. And by the way, that includes for heart for the house. Stand up as you say this with me. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. I refuse to let the odds intimidate me. I'm going to get a grip. And I'm going to stand up and defend my harvest. Come on, let's pray over the word of the Lord. Father, we praise you and we worship you today. We thank you.